new on CuriosityStream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Welcome, Daryl. It's the best day of your life. Oh, ready to go. You look ready. You look fresh. Your skin looks healthy. Yeah, because it's yeah. soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> you look you look good, man. <clears throat> looks like COVID's nowhere near you. Like you are the in, impenetrable immune system. I thought I was. You, you, you are the definition of a healthy immune system. Just looking oh. at you right now. Hey, okay? hurting. You got, you got that glow. Yeah. I'm hurting. That glow in your eyes. Mr. TK, good, good morning. Morning. Good Welcome. morning, Canada. I think I, I think I'm I'm getting a connection, a stronger connection with my Canadian roots here in the comments. You know, I'm definitely learning a lot more about Canada. That's for sure. Yeah, we got a lot of people who are from different parts. Maybe they live in Ontario or they live in BC or they live in one of those larger population provinces, but they come from the other ones. The other <laughs> there ones. Are, there's more than two provinces in Canada. There's more than British Columbia and Ontario in Canada. And this is all good news for everybody. What's interesting is if you eliminate those two markets from the statistics, it paints a very, very, very different picture. A lot of things, not, not only those two, like if you eliminate Toronto and Vancouver, you can probably like start calling Canada pretty affordable. I think, I think the average person becomes a lot nicer too, mm. right? Like I think the reputation we have in the world is because of the people from the prairies and the Maritimes traveling. And everyone's like, man, these Canadians are just great people. But the rest of us, they just mistake us for Americans. A lot of people have been saying that like Canadians aren't the nicest people anymore. That probably Americans from are Toronto much nicer. and Vancouver. Well, probably, yeah. Or, probably or from people. Toronto and Vancouver. I think more of them are people that moved from Alberta or Saskatchewan to Toronto or Vancouver. They started to realize, hang on a second, not everybody's so that here. nice. Yeah, if I had to pay these prices and make those wages, I'd be pretty upset too. I'd be pretty miserable too, telling all my European friends, don't move to Canada. This place is bogus. It's whack. Well, a lot of people are coming here. Listen, if you came here two years ago, three years ago, with like high hopes and the market seemed maybe like you could afford it still, I mean, it was a hundred percent less expensive three years ago, right? So if you came from uh, wherever the hell you came here and you're like, oh, I'm so excited in two years, you know, I'll have enough for a down payment and away we go. I'm going to own my first house and it won't be great. It'll be in Milton. It'll be $700,000, but I'll be happy. And now, now they're like, I got to move. 
I got to get out of Canada. This doesn't work anymore. Milton's 1.6 million. What the hell's going on? I can't afford to live here. I'm making 15 bucks an hour. I'm trying to get my whole family in here. And what? Now what? Now I can't even afford a down payment for a one bedrooms <laughs> condo. The, gov- the government will help you with in that. New market. Yeah, the government will help you. Let me give you some anecdotal stuff. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, long-term real estate growth. I don't believe that the Toronto market is ever going to be that uninteresting for people to get involved with. But just over the last, like, you know, anyone who bought last year, I think is pretty safe from what I can see, but buying January, February, March this year came with a lot of risk, came with a lot of risk. And I see that in any market, uh, you know, all over the place, whether it be, um, you know, Ontario, BC, US, um, Caribbean, you know, all the, all the markets seem to have the exact same factor involved, which is now rates have gone up. Now rates have doubled, essentially, right? Yeah, and they're about to double again. Well, that's the overnight rate, but even the, f- the five-year fixed rate, you know, you could get a 2% five-year fixed mortgage. I don't know who, what was I thinking? Not, not doing whatever I had to do to lock in at 1.99% five-year fix when I had the chance, right? Like, you know, the, the delusion of like, oh, rates are going to be low. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Like what a crazy guy I am, right? Well, I mean, I think there's still a lot of people thinking that variable is still a smart move because even though, you know, it may tick up for a bit, I think a lot of people, I think it's going to tick up and smash right back down because they're not going to let things this are going to get bad. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to. They want it to calm down. They don't want to destroy it. There's nobody in this country with a vested interest in it falling apart and getting destroyed. Is First there? Buyers. Yeah, well, but small part of the population. Yeah, but you guys got to vote more. First time buyers. You got to be you got to have more political sway. You know, you got to be able to, you know, really force those politicians to do the things uh, best for you. You know, those first time home buyers who want a market crash are not thinking things through completely because what happens when that market crashes like that, they're not getting any financing. They're at the bottom rung of the, of the ladder. They're not getting financing because financing will dry up. And on top of that, they may not have jobs anymore or they may not feel like they have job security anymore, right? There's gonna be More blood importantly in the- is the psychology when the market's going down, those first time buyers say, it's not a good time to buy. I'm going to wait right? till the, I'm going to wait, wait till it's wait it out. Renting is better. Yeah. The I know. bottom, a, the bottom. It's a tough go. Anecdotally, anecdotally, just the last week, I've seen some pretty substantial price fluctuations, I'll say, because I am seeing some evidence of great pricing where I'm like, yeah, okay, that that's consistent with the past. But I'm also seeing some places sit on the market that are not moving and are at prices that were not attainable at all in 2022. Can we define sitting on the market? Okay. A house in Scarborough where everything has been selling for 1.3 and above. Just last week had a sale at 1,085,000. Now there was tenants in the property. So I said, hmm, tenants, access, mess, dirt, all the other stuff that comes along with that. So I figure that would have impact pricing a fair bit. Was listed at a million one fifty. It sold for a million eighty five. But then there's one listed at nine ninety nine. 
for two weeks now, and it says offers anytime. What does that mean, Daryl? Well, it means a few things, but one of the things that it means is that the market is a little different right now and that pricing strategies that worked a couple of weeks ago aren't working anymore. And likely the market is softening or people are kind of standing back going, what the hell's going on right now? Uh, I don't know what to do. Should I wait? And then their realtors are probably not helping because God knows nobody knows what's going on. So it's just mass confusion. But what I'm asking, TK, sitting on the market, what is that? Like five days? And then everybody- Twice as long as it took two weeks right? ago, Daryl. Right? It's like double the time on the market. It, it's, been, it's been sitting on the market for eight days. No, no, no bites. What's going mm -hmm. on? The market's- And then everybody's on their Twitter going, I'm noticing a big- I don't think people realize- what causes the sentiment shift? Where do people get their sentiment from? Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> right? I'm not even what? on Twitter and I get influenced by Twitter. You get Because people post little pictures of what people are saying on Twitter to Facebook and Instagram, which is where I am. No, but it's Twitter and it's the news. And I mean, the, the news articles are like, I guess... Are we going to wait for our guest or are we going to assume that we don't have a guest? Because um, this is a yeah. perfect segue into that federal budget that happened. A few Let's days nail ago. it then, because me and you are, are the show. Let's get into it. So get into it. what is, what is Twitter saying, Daryl? What is Twitter saying? I think the overall consensus on Twitter. Well, I mean, you have the people that are in the real estate market that I, I believe the term was nothing burger, a big giant nothing burger in here. Um, but you see articles written praising the government for what they've done and, and these wonderful policies that are gonna fix everything. And it's like, how does the media sleep? How, I, I can just picture the meeting. Okay, like we need an we need an article that says how great the government is for this budget. Go. The most views wins, right? And so you get all these idiots with these headlines and nobody even reads like the second paragraph anymore and it's like there are people that think that this was a budget well done is the point I am trying to make in a very long-winded way. But it's not. Mm. It's horrible. It's, it's pathetic. a year too late. A year if too anything. late. They could have done it three years ago. We wouldn't even mm -hmm. noticed. Half the stuff yeah. still wouldn't be implemented if they announced this three years ago. Where yeah. do we start, TK? Where do we start? I'm in a really Let's... bad mood. I'm angry about this. I'm angry about this. They could have done something. Let's talk about the most vulnerable part of the uh, population, those first-time homebuyers. What, what type of bone are they getting thrown? They're getting thrown... Um, First time home buyer tax credits tax because they haven't been on the upswing of the real estate market. They haven't been able to have the inflated asset and the equity built over the last few years. Like everybody else has benefited from by literally doing nothing, literally just saying, I don't want to be homeless. You, you made all this money. Right. And first time home buyers were saying, well, I would, I don't want to be homeless, but I'm either too young or too uh, you know, I haven't developed my, my, my career yet or whatever it is. Right. So 
they got a doubling of the first time first time home buyer tax credit and now they've got 40 percent of that population that doesn't own right sure but not all those people will ever own first time home buyers are people who currently don't but are on their way to (laughs) own right no they're not some of them they're not Definition of first-time homebuyer is someone who actually buys, okay? So whether they are able to do it now or not, they're on their r- route of, of, of their path of buying. So Daryl, I agree with you. Many of them will never buy, but there's still a, a large majority of them who won't stop until they do. So first-time homebuyers. These poor, poor, vulnerable they're now gonna They're now going to have, they're now gonna have a, uh, like a TFSA type of account. Now, when I say now, I mean, this is what's being proposed. It sounds like this should happen. This one this sounds like it's actually easy. happening. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, this is brilliant, though. This one is brilliant. Right? Tell me why. You don't think it's brilliant? Okay. So you're allowed to put in $8,000 tax free per year for five Up to 40000 Yeah. Up to 40000 which takes how long? Five okay. years. Where the hell is the market going to be in five years when you got your $40,000 uh, tax free down? But if you're, eight, if you're 18 right now, you, maybe you're not ready, right? So maybe you're not ready. So you're going to get a tax break on that eight, uh, $8,000 a year, right? Yeah. And then you get to take it out tax free and you can yeah. invest the money and stuff like that too, right? Get it into some sort of mutual fund or something, right? And Isn't it's costing taxpayers. To help people buy a it's, house. It's like only now? costing taxpayers. $725 million from the, the loss in tax revenue. That was a good deal, Daryl. That's brilliant. It's a good deal. It's brilliant. It's going to get tons of people million. in. Yeah. Tons of people are getting into the market because of this right here, guaranteed. You know who, who's going to use this? Like people that don't even need it. They could just use it. Yeah, people are already going to be buying a house. You know, I thought actually, I'll give you a nice little story. My cousin, I was at my sister's wedding last night. So my cousin, uh, his parents were there, my uncle and aunt. And they said their, their son's buying a house all on his own without the help of um, them. Okay, shout out to Eric. Uh, he, lives, he lives in Ottawa. And they live in a small, outside Ottawa. They live in a small town outside of Ottawa. And uh-huh. he couldn't afford the small town outside of Ottawa. He had to go to the small town outside the small town outside of Ottawa. Right. Less, less <laughs> because- impressive, Eric. That's, that's the reality. But he did it on his own, right? Hey. He did it on his own. He would be somebody who would have benefited from this because of, you know, income and, and, and uh, situation. You know, he would have been, you know, he's got to be mid-20s or something like that. He would have been somebody who would have benefited from this program. They right? should have because written the price him point, as the example. The price point for him would have been 40000 covered his, you know, high ratio down payment, whatever his situation is, I don't know, but that would have covered a down payment on a house of his choice. He probably could have bought something for 400. That would have been 10% down or 5% down. And he's got all his closing costs. Boom. Now you why, bought a house. But why make it over five years? How's that helping anybody? Because of the exact Who's waiting five more years? Because of the situation you gave, which is if it only helps the people who are already going to buy. So if you got 40K and you're just like, hey, I'll take the tax break. Also, the tax break means that they have to you're going to get taken down in your, in your um, tax bracket so much that they probably did the math and said, well, if we jump people down 40 K in one year, we're going to lose a lot more revenue than we would if we only take them down eight K a year, right? Cause the tax brackets are bigger than that. So this is all methodical. You think you know somebody like government is this much thought into this, the finance, the finance minister, you know, who I think their job before the finance but Wasn't she like the, the assistant uh, gym teacher? Where something where like Trudeau that, right? Worked as the, <laughs> right? <laughs> so as the drama teacher. 
She went to the math teacher. All right. She went to the math teacher and said, Hey, can you run a few numbers here? And they mostly talked about, you know, the Raptors and, and what was going to happen in, uh, you know, the Montreal Canadian season by the end of this year. And, you know, the Calgary flames, if they're ever going to win the cup, but in the end, they came up with this $8,000 spread. I think if there was no NHL, we would know any other cities in Canada. I don't know. I'll get back to you on that one. I just thought of that. Vancouver okay, so did have have? The Gri- they did have the Grizzlies, right? In the NBA. Um, so then the next thing, the big one that I want to talk about. Well, there was also and, and- a first time home buyers credit. Isn't there? Yeah, so the tax credit that was just like a tax credit that they had for some closing costs that went from something? five to ten thousand. Yeah, so it was just that would be on your tax return because you bought your first home that year. Okay, more nothing, bro. I mean, they're not nothing. Look, these are there's nothing bad in here. They just nothing good. Just just nothing think about useful. it this way too. The RS the RSP option, which the RSP of home buyers plan. The reason it's really good is because a lot of people get like employer contributions. They they match and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of ways that force people to have money in their RSPs. So if they can use that home buyer's plan, um, the $30,000, but they have to repay it over 15 years, uh, it, it means that they might have money that they ordinarily wouldn't. This other program, it might be harder for people to save that $8,000 a year, but they don't have to repay it, right? So there is like one type of person will still benefit from the home buyer's plan through the RSP. Another type of person would benefit from this directly. Uh, who's a little bit more financially responsible. So many benefits here. It's unbelievable. Everyone's okay. buying in Toronto next next year because of this. Not true. What else is there in here for, for first-time home buyers? Oh, what about the home buyer bill of rights? What do you think about that? I mean, it wasn't very detailed. I think maybe they're going to let people do a home inspection or something. I think I that's think- all smoke and mirrors. I think that that's all just... Uh, them talking about how to, you know, make it a better, more transparent process and stuff. And, and it's, you know, with blind bidding and with, bidding. with cooling off periods, they're being, they're, they just want to let people know that they're talking about it. But I don't, I don't see anything really concrete in any of that, that I was like, oh, that's going to, that's no. going to actually, one, that's going to happen. Or two, that's actually going to change anything. I don't see any of those things. It's pretty crazy that we don't have the right to make sure that the house is in the condition it's supposed to be in. You had 15 minutes in the showing, Daryl. Like, right? didn't you look? What no. were you worried about your furniture for? Like, why I was you looking at details the in the second showing after yeah. I went firm is when I was able to really focus <laughs> my second 15 That's minutes. That's when I actually looked at the house. It was already firm deal. Right? Like, oh, yeah, look at this. Well, I think uh, something okay. definitely has to change. All these firm offers is insane. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't even know anymore what the hell needs to change, but uh, I can guarantee you that nothing in 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 this is going to make a difference when it comes to uh, you know. I think the problem is that people can't feel comfortable making the purchase and that they feel rushed and that they, they, they don't, you know, it's like, it's, it's a crazy way to purchase the most expensive thing you'll ever buy. Right. Like, like, let's just take what happened to, to, to us. It was like, let's put in a bully offer. They're not accepting bully offers. Hey, we got to make an offer. They're accepting a bully offer. Yeah. Like yeah. even in, 
not the bully offer environment. It's like, you got to make a decision like right now because somebody else, and you see that line of cars and agents outside the house there, like somebody's yeah. taking today. Turns out they were just like visiting the neighbor for like, you know, yeah, death there was in the a family barbecue, or something. Yeah. The <laughs> but you got, you got pressured. Right. So I get it, you know, and it's, and it's human emotion. And I think that's what the real estate market has been vastly uh, fueled by is, is emotion. Right. And unfortunately it's still, it will continue to be right. It will continue to be, it makes more sense in Saskatchewan. It makes way more sense. Right. They just kind of, they kind of like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take a couple of weeks and think about it. You know, let me, let's come and revisit the property. Why don't I bring my uncle? He's on vacation right now, but he should be back next month. Then let's take a walk through the property and we'll see what he thinks about it. Not that makes more that, sense. You know what? As much as I love that, you know, you can make a fortune in real estate and like the action and the trade and the, the deals like in Saskatchewan, as, as far as a living, like a home, right? Like you don't really need that appreciation. Like you just need a nice place that you can like hang your hat, raise your kids, go outside you don't need it to turn into $3 million two years from now, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. I, I think the Saskatchewan market is like what we need to head towards, right? Where like a, a normal balanced market with plenty of inventory, real, realistic prices. It like just, it sounds mm -hmm. so nice and calm and beautiful. And it yeah. makes sense here. Like, like what a nice thing for the, uh, I forget his name, the bald prairie, Matthew, Matthew yeah. uh, to, to sit there and go, I don't care if rates go up three points. Like it's only going to change my life by a thousand bucks a year or 2000 bucks a year. Like anybody can absorb that. Right. Yeah. Here it's like, Oh man, like why'd I only lock in for five years? What's going to, or three years, what's going to be at the end of my term. It's going to be 18% or something like that. Yeah. I get it. So, you know, over, overall, overall the market here in Toronto, it's hard, like we're invested in it, you and I. So it's hard for us to be like, this is, you know, a good thing, you know, that, that prices balance out or that the market changes. But in reality, it is in reality is the market needs to be a little bit more stable. We need to have a much smaller growth. Uh, you know, annually, we need to have a, a lot more inventory and supply. We need to have things slow down. We don't need government intervention. We don't need policies that are going to be like, this is the way everyone has to do it or else, you know, this is the, the, the repercussions. Everybody needs to feel that they are, um, you know, being protected. And at the same time that they're getting, you know, all the information that they need to make a really good financial decision. But at the same time, you know, if, if they're not willing to pay those prices, somebody else will. And I'm, maybe that's a utopia. I don't know if that's ever going to exist or not, but I'm hoping it does. Imagine going into a furniture store. And like everybody was going bananas and everybody like had to have that sofa. And the okay. sofa is like a thousand bucks and everybody's killing themselves over the sofa. And you, you got to leave the store because you're like, this was crazy. I don't need a sofa that bad. What the hell's going on? So you go to the next store and everybody's fighting over the goddamn sofa and you just want a sofa and you hear that there's a store. It's 500 kilometers away, but nobody's fighting for sofas. Mm -hmm. And they're like a tenth of the price. 
why aren't more people moving to Saskatchewan and Manitoba and what else we got? Yukon. The, Mar- the Maritimes, you know? The Maritimes are supposed to be kind of nice. Nova Scotia, Newfoundland. Why is everybody another just one. coming here? PEI. There's a new one. The dream, the dream of the of the of the life. Everyone wants to get into the market because they think, well, if I go and buy that property in the prairies, my life won't grow into what I've witnessed my parents' life grow into. That's what it is. Everyone mm. looks and says, my parents bought their house for two hundred thousand dollars in the eighties, and now it's worth over a million. That's what I want to happen. That's how I want to build my wealth. That's how I want to be able to get to the next stage in my life. They where are they the saying prices. that they, they look at the house prices in Moncton, New Brunswick, and they say in the eighties, they were a hundred grand and now they're 300 grand. That's not the life I want. So they end up not actually looking for that lifestyle, right? They, they want it. They want to stay here in the Toronto. And is this even reality? Like, is well, this even reality or is it just that one generation who got a benefit from that, from that price increases? Is it, is it, is my house going to be worth the same that it is today in 30 years? And I'm going to say, Oh, all right, here we go. Right. But, but okay. So, but that's only if you're from here or Vancouver or, or BC or another country that behaves like this, but like, okay. I guess all these other, like even in the States, it's only a few markets that are bananas. They're at like in Idaho and Kentucky They're and all very, Indiana. Like, simple. It's like yeah. normal. And so what yeah. the fuck are we all doing? And then we you got to make be. all these stupid policies for three cities. Exactly. And how does that affect the small towns? And then it how screws does that... up all the small towns and all the businesses because Vancouver and Toronto are running away like crazy because everybody's bananas here. And it's not just the boomer generation. Like my generation did well from the housing market. Mm-hmm. I don't Yeah, mine mine did too. I mean, anybody who's been in the market for, you know, like we bought our house over 10 years ago, right? So, um, you know, that's the way it is. But how is it going to affect these other small towns? So this first time homebuyer stuff, I mean, that's really going to have an impact in other parts of Canada, not in Toronto. Not in Toronto, but where do we want the impact? Who the hell's going everywhere else? They can afford their stuff already on a minimum wage. So what the hell are we doing? Why aren't these just targeted at at the major cities? Yeah. Because it's the Crazy. federal government getting involved. They're, they're late to the party. So Super late. I don't know if you and, want to, I don't like, know if you want to talk, talk more about more stupid stuff. Like what about the flipper tax? Yes. The flipper so, tax. I'm pretty what, sure that there's yeah. always been a flipper tax. Like I remember yeah. in 2006 or seven, when I built my first house and I had a primary residence and the word on the street was like, you cannot flip a house or build a house and sell it if you have a primary residence. So you have to live in it before you sell it or you're not going to get the capital gain. I was like, okay. Or, so, or it'll, be, it'll be subject to capital gains, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. And I remember taking in a sofa and like taking pictures with my wife and like acting like we lived in the house. So when we sold it, we could uh, claim that we lived there. But this was yes. like how Tax many fraud. years yeah. ago? That one. Yeah. Yeah. I made it up. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, my mentor told me to do that. But regardless. Yeah. It was around in 2006. It was a concern. It was a flipping tax. Yeah. They're still, they're still the same? same thing today. They're still the exact same thing today. So why, 
why this is even being mentioned, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. The big difference is whether it's considered, there's three, there's, there's, there's a principal residence exemption. So you're going to pay no tax on the uh, increase in value. Then you got capital gains tax, which right now you're paying, you know, the 50% exemption. So you're going to have to pay tax on 50% of the increase. But then there's a third one, which is the worst one. And that is a hundred percent income taxed, right? So now people look at the, uh, the gains and they say, okay, I flipped a house. I made a hundred thousand. It's no longer tax-free. It's no longer just half of that becomes taxable. It's a hundred percent of that tax becomes taxable. And that's when you start really affecting the market. That's when people really start getting, you know, I don't even think anyone would ever actually pay this tax. I think most people will just find ways to avoid it, which includes not buying. That's one of them. That includes not some buying investors here, saying, yeah. I'm not going to buy. Well, yeah, exactly. But I'm not going to buy that, that, that flip or that investment property because I could end up having to pay tax on it. I think, it, I think a lot of these things, including this one, are helping the invest like the longer term investors that want to buy the houses like they don't seem to be putting up any hurdles for them so like where maybe a flipper would have bought this house right uh mm-hmm. he's gonna pass on it because he doesn't want to be in this business anymore because he's gonna get taxed but the investor goes oh i can fix that up and rent it out it's a great deal yeah right so all those dilapidated houses now i think they just may have a different buyer because there's housing, a tax housing implication, providers. right? Yeah, housing providers. I think long-term housing providers should be should be should have more. They already have a lot of tax breaks and, and incentives, but there should be even more. Well, right? and even this this the foreign buyer ban. Like yeah. that's and the enemies. Well, the the the, the enemy buyer. The ban, enemies. But yeah. How dare they buy our land? Everybody that knows it about the market seems to say that they're not a major factor, but whatever factor they are, I also think that they're, they get absorbed or, or the purchases that they may have made will mm-hmm. get absorbed by the local investor. Mm-hmm. Because again, there's no reason why a local guy can't buy that as an investment, right? There's no yeah. tax to him. Like there's absolutely nothing slowing him down. And he can probably afford the monthly payments with the higher interest rate because he's probably got a lot of cash and he could just balance out the monthly payment, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of this is actually going to do the opposite of what they wanted and put more houses into the wrong people's hands, the investors that are driving up the prices and ruining the whole market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the foreign, the foreign buyer thing is, again, just another announcement for them to say, look, Canadians, we're, we're behind you and we're, we're going to let these foreigners come in here and buy up all our land. Yeah, and at the end happen. of the day... There's no foreigners buying up all the land, everybody. It's not happening. There's no, no. There, there, not the anymore with this tax. <laughs> they're not buying. They're not buying up neighborhoods. Like you know, they're actually bringing in. There's a ton of projects out there in the development world where are foreign backed, and that is creating housing and is actually helping keep prices down. And we need their money because sometimes they're willing to take on projects with lower returns or higher risks that local people aren't. Right. Right. Yeah, because so, they have different uh, incentives. Exactly. Whatever those are, we yeah. need them. You know, we need them. But again, the government's just highly, highly, highly misdirected, uh, you know, in, uh, targeting investors and targeting foreign uh, buyers. It's just, it's unfortunate. But let's, it's crazy. let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about the big one, which will crush 
pre-construction condo market. Oh, the assignments, the assignment tax. Yeah. Think you about think that's going to crush the uh, market there. I bought a condo for a hundred K down payment, 200 K down payment, but I only have to put up a hundred K in the first six months. The rest I got to pay a year or two later. Market goes up hundred K. I sell my condo as an assignment. I got a hundred percent return. Great deal. Amazing. I'll do that all day long. I'm buying pieces of paper left, right, and center. Now it was a million dollar condo, right? 200 grand total down payment. I only had to pay hundred. That was my 20%, 100K, went up 100, 1.1. I got to pay HST in Ontario on $1.1 million as on a the sale. Profit. No, on the profit or the fees? Right now you already have to pay it on the fees. No, if you charge a fee for an assignment or you make yeah. a profit on the assignment, that is the amount that they're adding HST. That's the amount. To. Okay. So Which is then that becomes something. a little bit still. So now my profit's a hundred grand and I have to pay $13,000 tax, right? So different, different performa at the end of the day, you're looking at, you're saying, is this really going to be worth it for me or not? Right. It definitely makes a difference, yeah. but I don't think it's the, the other way I was, the other way I was thinking would, would, crush the market with that if much it was right? on, the sale price? On, the, on the sale price. Yeah. Yeah. Gone. There goes all the profit. But what are you selling? What are your, what are your goods? Like, what are your goods that you're selling you? The goods that you're selling is a piece of paper that is a right to a it, it contract, which is a million dollars. But I don't see why they like, I don't see what the problem is. What's the mm -hmm. difference. What do you mean? What's the difference? Tell me. Like, what's the difference if that's a thing or, or not a thing? Why is it a problem? What's the problem? Like the, the people HST? buying, you know, people flipping the assignments. Why is it all of a sudden under attack? Why is it such a big because issue? Because they're, oh, exactly. Good, good point. Right. So I think that they're, they're, they're misdirected and, and the enemies, the enemies are investors and foreigners. That's what this, this is what this says to me. No, I could be wrong. I mean, a lot of people have a different opinion. I just don't understand. I mean, it, what, what, well, maybe people do realize, maybe they don't, I don't know. But like when you have to sell 60, 65% of your building to get to the next stage, I mean, you, you are asking people to come up with creative ways to get there when they need to, right? Because who the hell yep. wants to wait till they're at 65%? Why? I don't know. The whole thing is just such a mess and it's so broken. And then the solutions don't fix. They just move things over a little or like, it's just going to break other things. Some of these solutions may uh, like the bank tax too. It's like tax the banks. They're the they, enemies. They're making too much money. Weren't they the reason why we were so strong coming out of the financial crisis in 2008, 2009? Like, wasn't it because our Canadian banks did such a great job. We were like so strong. Now we're going to tax those guys. Now we're going to, what, and what happens when you tax the banks? Do they just suck it up and just take less profits? Sorry, Joe, I had to look this up. Imposing GST, HST on all assignment sales, effective May 7th, 2022. The tax will be applied to the purchase amount, purchase amount, no. net of the initial deposit. Purchase so my depo Purchase amount. amount's a million dollar condo. Less than hundred thousand dollars initial. So the, the, the taxes on the nine hundred k, man. So That's a big difference. Uh, imposing GST HST on all assignment sales, effective May seventh, twenty twenty two. The tax will be applied to the purchase amount, 
net of the initial deposit. Net of the initial deposit. Mm -hmm. So the so they're price not taxing the money that the you deposit? already put in, but you're they're taxing the value of that piece of paper. That piece of paper, right? Really? Million dollars. Yeah, crazy, right? But that Think doesn't even that. make sense. Businesses don't get taxed on their revenue; they get taxed on their income. On but you're profit. selling a piece of paper, the value of the good. It's goods and oh. services tax. Where are you crazy. seeing this? Where are you? Where did you look this up? The internet. I don't think that's right. How can you tax somebody on the purchase price? That's what they do. They tax land transfer taxes on the purchase price, HSTs on the purchase price for new condos, commissions on the the. Yeah, but there isn't price. a purchase. This purchase of a piece of paper, right? So again, just one of those little things that is absolutely 100% misdirected at the wrong group of people. There should never have to be any concerns. And this is the most important thing that I could possibly take out of all this is that they didn't need to do anything. The, the rise in interest rates and, the, and the, the fatigue in the market and all that kind of stuff was changing everything as we were, were coming into the month of March. We already saw huge decrease in number of showings, huge decrease in the number of offers, you know, increase in number of uh, the inventory in every market in Canada. It was the same thing that we were, we were witnessing. And the government took a year and a half to come up with all these policies that make no sense, targeting people who aren't the villains. And now you're looking at double double uh trouble here you've got you know rising interest rates and you've got now a mass exodus in the market because there's going to be people who want to sell and there's going to be people who are too afraid to buy and uh you know there's definitely there's definitely changes in the market and it's and i and i felt it more this past week than i have up until this point right condos were still doing okay condos are still condos doing were okay. strong yeah we're strong in the month of March. There was no, there's no signs of weakness, you know, but now I'm going to an appointment tonight at uh, Markham and 401 where, you know, there's like four identical units now all for sale and no, they're not sitting on the market. It's only one day here and four days there and all that kind of stuff. But that's a lot of competition where that didn't exist two weeks ago. They told yeah. me to come in two weeks ago and I looked up all, every, everything and, I'm, and the last sale was high and it was good. And, um, and they, they would have been pretty happy with the results. And I think everyone saw those results, tried to get the same results, didn't get it. One guy got much less uh, a few few days ago or something like that. And now there's a few of them on the market. So they're, they're all going to be trying to target that price. And the last guy didn't get it. So most likely these guys won't. And it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, right? How, how people are going to be able to work that, right? And they're, and they're units that are tenanted too, which is investors scared trying to get out, right? My, my unit's going to be coming up vacant at the end of the month where other people are saying, oh my gosh, I'm tenanted and I got a lease, so whatever, you need to assume my tenants and buy this unit and hoping to get an investor to come in, right? But I don't know if investors are the ones to sell these units to. I think it's an end user. It's a one plus den, two bathroom. Den can be used as a second bedroom. Somebody who's looking for a, a place to live, this will be a, a nice affordable place between you know, 650, 700 maybe, 650. There's still such a thing. Yeah, it's about a thousand bucks a square foot, maybe a little bit less, 950 resale with parking and a locker. Wow. Thousand bucks yeah. a square. Where was this? Markman for Markman Ellesmere. Thousand Me. bucks a foot. Re, re, thousand bucks a foot resale. Resale. Yeah. There. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. 
It's yeah. unbelievable so, that I am still alive. At yes, this point. I'm very happy to see you today. I tried to call you the other day, but I know that you were uh, you were under the weather. I am. It's better so than under the bus. Under the, I'd rather be under the bus right under now. Under the bus. Tell you. Mm. Oh, I have a fever again. Yeah. I'm you're looking healthy. You're looking. You're looking flush. You look. You look. Very you look flush. Like you're ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to go for somewhere. Another, another few more days. Um, so now we, we we talk about the one that's all BS again, which is, you know, the government trying to get involved in the development world. The government trying to step in on zoning bylaws and approving projects and fast tracking to more supply. What is what are we, what are we looking at, Daryl? We are looking at, I don't know, there's so many things that could actually work. That whole, that whole housing accelerator fund, 100,000 new units over the next five years. Yeah. Okay. No, it's accelerated housing and it's a fund and there's $4 billion dedicated. You know, when they say dedicated, it doesn't mean spent. No, it just (laughs) means like we're going to put it on a spreadsheet, see what happens. It just says, you know what, that money that we're going to get from the banks, we're going to dedicate that to this housing accelerator fund. We may not spend it. We may not use it. It may never get done, but it will be dedicated. And then we'll make sure that from here on out, when that fund needs to be accelerated for housing, that that $4 billion will have an asterisk next to it that says this funds. Now, we may not hold on to the $4 billion. We may have to borrow that from years coming up here. We might have to steal it from those budgets. We can't really guarantee how that $4 billion is going to come about or if we can manage it properly so that it's actually there when we need it, but it'll be dedicated. And, and, you know, dedications are important. Those yeah, are commitments. Sorry. We dedicated that in 2022. <laughs> That's not valid anymore. That was only dedicated. <laughs> we, we're, we're not so like dedicated anymore. It. Yeah. We'd like to, to undedicate $4 billion so dollars in 2030 right now. to no longer accelerate the housing fund. It's too much. There's too much. We're going to have yeah. to, that, the whole housing is to a pay for load holes. of malarkey. <laughs> just a big load of malarkey. Yeah. Why couldn't but they what, just uh, adopt some of the things on in that task force plan that they came up with a million ideas that were The letter? Great. You mean the letter? Or the provincial one? The provincial one. Oh, the provincial one. That's different, right? But that was great. There was like 40 things in there that actually would have done something. Why don't yeah. we do one of them? One. What we should do is hold the elect. Like you only get elected if you like, if you don't like, you have to set a list of things. Here's some politics nonsense. You set a list of things that you're going to do. Right. And then you go and you get elected. Right. Now everyone's like, all right, you know, Doug Ford's got his list of things to do. If you do not complete those items, if you do not complete the things on your list, you no longer are eligible for reelection and automatically another party will be elected and it'll become like a, a less than however many parties we have that are in the election. So now the liberals can't win again because they did not complete what they promised that election. This that would be should genius. go down through like the, the ridings and the provincials and all that stuff. It's like, you don't get to the next level unless you kept all the promises you made at the last. Yeah, so level. don't make promises you can't keep because you will not be reelected. Sorry. We didn't get to check off this box. I don't yeah. care. I you don't said care. We're going to run you a run a, a surplus in the budget. You said that the deficit was going to get down to ten billion a year. You said that we weren't going to increase the deficit. You said that you were going to yeah. provide X, and you didn't. You cannot. You can no longer be elected. Think about that. It would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
We it, should get a politician on the show and figure out why. Idea. Why? I wonder why we're talking it, about it won't work. It won't. I'll talk well, to Jagme. I'll, I'll I'll send him a message. Um, okay, Daryl, your your opinion because some of the things you and I were talking about recently is you said a lot of deals were coming across your desk. There's a lot of projects and land development and sites that are. And then they dried up. Oh. Which is weird. Or maybe I dried up over the last week. Maybe that's it. Maybe you just stopped becoming I laser focused on development sites. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. We you're not ago, seeing a concern felt... there. Well, what concerns me is that they're coming to me. Like I'm no big player. You don't come to me first. You don't come to me third. You, you probably mm -hmm. don't even come to me 10th. If you yeah. come to me, which means everybody else must have passed and they, they yeah. brought it to me. Yeah. And then uh, there was a, like an assignment from a pretty uh, well-known developer that, you know, he was willing to assign a deal to me that I thought was kind of weird, which made me a little concerned. Right. <laughs> right. Mm, so you don't want to do this. Pro you don't yeah. want to make a hundred million dollars on this project. Mm. It's always funny too, because generally the reason is anyway, they, they just need to free up cash for a, a better deal. Like, Oh, yeah. well that, that, that's convincing. I'd like the better deal. Yeah. Do you think, um, think I can, can I, can you assign me the better deal? Hold on. Yeah. So this is the worst deal. Uh, All right. So, you know, Daryl, this has been, I think one of our best shows in a long time. You know why? Cause I was <laughs> very <because> quiet. Of, <laughs> <laughs> Not because of how you're feeling. I couldn't, but because, I couldn't get any words out. Because you and I, you and I got to, got to catch up a little bit here. So we're, we're, we're back on track. We've got lots of good guests lined up. Uh, for the next month or two, uh, all mm. over the country, Canadian Canadian real estate specialists. And uh, I know people appreciate that. So, I mean, if anybody's watching still, we really want to get those Apple podcast reviews up. That's something that we, we, we hope that we can get a few more reviews on. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe to this video through YouTube. Check us out on Spotify. You know, share it. Tell your friends. We're super happy and super grateful that everybody's tuning in all the time. And yeah, we definitely love to talk to you guys in the comments. So even if you just want to say, you know, thumbs up, uh, we appreciate that. And don't forget to smash that like button. Comments, comments, comments. New on Curiosity Stream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.